Welcome to In The Room, the Vital Leadership Podcast. Vital Church is a multicultural, bilingual church located in McAllen, Texas. Visit our website, vitalchurch.com, where you'll find links to all our media platforms. For now, sit in the room with us as Pastor Carla leads the conversation, Pastor Charlie adds commentary, and the Vital Church staff provides input and feedback on topics of church ministry, leadership, vision, culture, and more. We also sprinkle in a little Spanish, a little humor, and some storytelling. Let's get in the room. The subject we're going to be sharing this morning is overcoming problems or challenges. Mark 6, 35-37, which kind of highlights one of the problems or challenges that Jesus faced when he was doing ministry alongside his disciples. So the situation here is that there's a crowd. People are hungry. That is hungry. <laughs> 5,000 men. But theologians argue that it was about 15,000 yeah, total. 10 to 15 for sure. Because this wasn't counting the women and the children. Exactly. This is just the men, the 5,000 men. men. Uh, the disciples said, Jesus, send them home. They let them figure it out. You know, and Jesus said, no, feed them. The disciples were faced along with Jesus with this challenge, with this issue. And Jesus was about to show them that they were limited and they did not have food but he is unlimited, and he is sufficient, and he showed them how he supplied. This is a quote that I want to uh, share with you, Pastor Craig Rochelle, and he says, Problems are situations engineered by God to bring us face-to-face with our deficiencies. So that's the first part. It's good. So that we might view his sufficiency as the only alternative. There's several points that, that I want to talk about. So the first thing is, The value that you bring as a leader is a reflection of the problems that you will solve. I thought about Sister Blanca Rocha, and I referenced her this morning. You know, she was like looking at my boys, and she says, I remember when my kids were were small, she says, I had little problems. So when kids are little, it's little problems. When they're big, it's big problems. I'm like, oh, no. (laughs) But, for example, when we started at the hotel, it does not compare to the challenges that we face now. Correct. We started off with a group of 10, solid. That's leaders and volunteers. We were 10. And so now, fast forward almost nine years later, counting volunteers and leaders were over 300. So can you imagine that? Like dealing with 10 people in a meeting, we could meet at any little restaurant. Right, Henry? Remember yep. our first meeting was at Logan's. Yeah. And we were discussing our our church launch in two tables together, 10 people with my, with my son Dante. And now we have to figure out where can we meet with right. our leaders and our volunteers, right? We need to rent an event center <laughs> now to, rent- to meet with everybody. <laughs> and then when we talk about congregants, how many would you say we started with that first Sunday? We had a little more because well, there was the first, visitors. Well, the very first Sunday so we had like 100, really but, uh, but half of those were family and friends that just came to support and then there was like 10 or 20 that just came to check it out. Yeah. Uh, but I think, yeah, the curious the curious crowd. But I think that our, our core to begin with was maybe 30, maybe 40 people max. Yes. Yeah. I remember our Wednesdays. <laughs> yeah, I, I told Carla, you'll know our core, uh, you know, the third or fourth Wednesday. Yeah. <laughs> Not Sunday, you know. Don't get too excited. Uh, get too excited. <laughs> so I'd say about 30, maybe we 40 people. We had about people. 30 solid for the first few weeks. Yeah, for sure. And now, you know... Like I said, almost nine years later, we're, we're about 2,000 congregants yeah. in, two, in two Sunday services. So the challenges that we faced back then, almost nine years ago, are definitely not the challenges that we face now. Going back to that, to your subject, dealing with problems, yeah. a large part of your leadership is 
your capacity to carry the load. True. You know, you can be great at one level, but your leadership's only going to grow as much as uh, you're able to handle more problems. There's actually a book by Samuel Chan. It's a, it's a great book. It's called Leadership Pain, and I recommend it highly. It's a great book, Leadership Pain. And the premise is that your leadership is only going to grow relative to the threshold of pain that you can handle. Wow. And by pain, it means the burden that you can carry. If you're the type of person that you're not good with change or you resist change or you don't like to deal with people, you don't like to deal with problems, that's fine. That might be a personality thing, but it's going to limit your growth as a leader. Our capacity to, to resolve conflict, to troubleshoot, to problem solve is going to have a huge effect on our capacity to grow as an organization. That's right. There's going to continue to be growth by faith for our church. We're going to face new new problems, but yes. if we learn to tackle those in any season, the Lord will help us in the future seasons. Yes. The second thing I want to highlight is you have to identify and acknowledge that there's a problem. We're not perfect. And we don't have all the answers, but we can learn and get better from those problems. Sometimes we don't want to know. We don't want to think that there's a problem. Mm -hmm. For example, I had a, a really hard time, especially when, when we were executing an event. I wanted to think that if we planned enough, that everything was going to be perfect. And lo and behold, it's usually never like yeah, that. Now I can happen. tell you that. I had to learn that. And it was hard for me because if something went wrong, I took it completely wrong. Yeah, personal. Like You felt I it was a up. failure in preparation. I messed up. I yeah. failed. Yeah. And when I look at the life of Jesus, his ministry was not without challenges. Right. You know? And so as leaders, even as head of households or in other workplaces and relationships, we have to realize that we we can only do our part. Right. But we ha we, we have to prepare that there's gonna be challenges and that's okay. Both because things can be can true. You can you challenges. can prepare yes. fully true. and still have a deficiency, uh, a, a shortcoming, or uh, an unexpected dilemma. It's so true. Both things can be true, and I think that's where we can highlight Craig Rochelle's quote that those problems, even with our preparation, are meant to highlight our deficiency, true. so that we that's continue true. to rely on God. We got to remember we're an organization where our currency is faith. Which doesn't mean don't prepare. <laughs> you know, faith without <laughs> Don't use that as an excuse. Is dead correct. Leaders could solve more problems if they weren't too busy denying them. I'm going to highlight pastors because, I mean, that's, that's our right. role here, yeah. right? There are pastors that they don't like to admit that they could do things different in their church. Like, this is the way I started the church. And so for them, it's really hard to acknowledge that they can do better. That they can take opinions. Like, you know, there's something that's coming up or, or we want to implement something. And I love hearing your feedback. And I'm like, man, that's an angle I didn't see. And at the end of the day, it comes out even better. Because yeah. pastors, there's pastors that say, this is the way we've always done it. Yeah. There's no problems with it. If there's problems, you're the problem. <laughs> right? It's like, you're the problem because you don't want to submit to this. You're the problem because you don't want to adapt to this. And, and in reality, times have changed. And one and thing that, that we need to understand also is that what could have been a solution in one season might be a problem in another season. Mm -hmm. Maybe you were 50 people at that time, and now you're 500, and the same system that you created for 50 
doesn't work with 500. That's right. Uh, or sometimes the idea that you had for one generation doesn't work with the next generation. Mm -hmm. Times change, technology changes, methods change, the way that people see you as relevant change. Mm -hmm. and, so, and so sometimes if you stick to, to a formula and you're, you know, you're sold on that formula and it's never going to change just because it worked the first time around or it worked in one season, that eventually becomes a problem. Just a quick comment on that. I think it's a very good example of our church staff. Yeah. I wasn't around when you guys started, but I, I know all of you and I, I've known most of you for, for that amount of time. Sure. Uh, I can see how your roles have been changing as, as the church has been growing. True. Yes, that's true. And, and precisely what you guys are saying is we, if we don't adapt and change with right. the need of the church, mm -hmm. then we're going to stay stagnant. We're not going to grow. We're not going to continue to make right. progress. I remember that some of the guys that we had here were very multitasked. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we required of them yes. those type of people that can do so many things. Yeah. But then as the church started to grow, that became an issue. Yes. It became, became an issue. A problem. It yeah. became a problem because <laughs> we we're so used to, to taking control of everything because there was <laughs> so little staff to do so many things. Right. Yes. Uh, and then when we started getting people, adding people or volunteers, we couldn't let go of those responsibilities, responsibilities to be able to let other people grow. That's and, true. And we've had to make that adjustment as we keep growing that we're specializing people yes. in different yes. areas because it does two things. It gives other people the, the opportunity, opportunity to serve. And then it also, it, it allows you to cover more ground yeah. because you're starting right. to oversee areas instead of doing everything. Correct. A really simple example of growth and being able to change is, Carla mentioned it, at one time, our staff, we were three or four in the office. So come lunchtime, for example, it was easy, right? Like three or four people, <laughs> hey man, what do y'all feel like eating? And let's go to Taco Palenque or whatever it was, you know? Uh, Taco Palenque can send us royalties there for the promo. Uh, anyway, but... Now that we're 14 at, at, at sometimes 20 at any given time here in the office, first of all, it's going to be hard to get everybody to buy into one restaurant, right? 20 <laughs> different people, 20 different appetites and taste palettes, whatever. And then once we show up, it's going to be a challenge to sit us down to attend us. I mean, the one hour is going to go to two and a half hours, right? We had a hard time with that. We were like, man, we used to all eat together. <laughs> and then when somebody said, I'm going somewhere else, we'd kind of feel bad, right? We'd be like, man, they don't want to hang out anymore, you know? <laughs> this was our time of fellowship. And we started learning that, hey, it's just a change that you have to get used to if you want to yeah. make it work with the growth. I do want to say that when it's somebody's birthday, we all try to yeah, we stick still try together to, and yeah. celebrate together. And even then, it's hard to get we everybody. We make exceptions. But, yeah. but, but we do. But we do. Now we're starting to have a lot of birthdays in every month. Yes, <laughs> it's true. That's the other thing. And we'll take it. That, and, there's, and there's probably going to be a time when we don't get to celebrate everybody because, yeah. exactly, you're going to have so, one every week. Well, we still can. <laughs> let's do it. Right? Yeah. I remember our first hires, uh, some of our two first hires, I'm going to put them on the spot, Rodney and Pastor O, um, at the warehouse. Yeah. When, we were, when we transitioned from the hotel to the warehouse. And they covered a lot of ground because yes. we purposely said we need people that could do not one, more than one thing. Yeah. So we transitioned to, to this building that we're in now, by the grace of God. And then now uh, we're trying to figure out Okay, how could we line Pastor Ozzy's load? How can we line yeah. Rodney's load? Yeah, there was a lot. You're like, still like, covering a lot, by the way. Yeah, nice. but as of late, Pastor Carlos really helped um, just alleviate some of that load and, and kind of delegate to some of the people. We've made some hires. And I wanted to mention this because this Sunday for me was, uh, was really special to see that because we were having baptisms. When I got out of the, the pool, of the baptismal pool, whatever, 
uh, there was just a lot of people changing. So I went around, I went around, I went to my office. But as I'm coming around, kind of looking at everything that's happening and how every there's so many things happening at one moment. Like yes. the worship team yes. was out there doing, yes. they were leading worship. The kids ministry were having kids ministry. They were checking kids still in. Parking yes. team was still bringing in yes. people. The Maris was on the desk, you know, handing out certificates and stuff <laughs> like that. We had people uh, in the shop. Fernia in the back, still working on slides, you know. <laughs> uh, Liz in the office, Dean and them working. The security team. The security team. Live stream was, you know, doing live stream. Service was happening upstairs with the kids. I mean, everybody's so working. There's so many areas. And, uh, and it made me realize that, you know, not one person can do it. Like, you know, no not way. two Absolutely. people, not three people, not four people. Not even close. Uh, there was a lot of people. And I think if God permits us to continue to grow, it's going to require a lot more people. Than, yes. than the team's going to continue yeah, to grow. Yeah, it's going to continue to grow. And we're excited. One thing that uh, we were, Pastor Ozzy went with me this past Saturday to a uh, pastor's, pastor's breakfast. breakfast. And I'll say this openly because a pastor told another pastor that was there once we were having a little bit of fellowship. Uh, he says, hey, how do y'all do live stream and stuff? And the pastor's like, you want to go to Vital Church? And that's what we did. That's where we went, you know, and it's helped us grow. And so even that's a reflection of why the team is so important. If we didn't have uh, such a great team, we wouldn't be able to do what we're able to do and at the same time inspire others. This is Ronnie, by the way. I know you guys don't hear my voice or whatever. But, <laughs> but anyways, the areas I would cover it would be more the audio, running sound. And we do a lot of production live with our worship experience. So there's a lot of stuff that's synchronized and stuff like that. But when I took on the role, the initial role of worship director, you know, a lot of this stuff wasn't asked of me. But what I love about pastors is, is that they allow us to be creative in our field and stuff right. like that. So. I wanted more of a greater technology and worship type feel. Uh -huh. So synchronization and production was heavily involved in that. But as we went to this new building, there was a lot of things that you had to, you know, cover, you know, especially the organization with the band and videos, correct. media, all video, that. all that stuff was synchronized. Right. So until we started adding more people and more, more equipment, more equipment. Absolutely. Yeah. It just naturally shifted. Hey, you know what? Pastors just kind of like, hey, you know what? What about? adding more pieces to your team. So now the Nyes are, are in charge of organization with the band and stuff like that with leading the team. And the three things that I was doing uh, are now I'm overseeing and allowing volunteers, allowing more people to kind of like subdivide that load. Right. Yeah. So, so basically, Rod, this year, what one person was doing, now five people are covering it. So basically. it's Sarah yeah. and Matt. Before and we had worship pastors, I mean, you also had to think of the lineup of, of the songs yeah, and schedules. kind of and schedules. And I know Sarah schedules. and Matt appreciate what you were and doing, then, and they're like, what in the world? <laughs> that, it was, and the musical guests as well. When the we had musical, musical guests. guests. We had I mean, something that, that we pride in. You know, we pride in making sure our guests feel very welcome, they're comfortable, yeah. Yeah. and yeah. stuff like that. So Thank you, Rodney. Yeah. So, so before we had yes. worship pastors, I mean, that was a lot to handle. And now Matthew and Sarah get to focus a little bit on pastoral care for the worship team, yes. which is which is important too. And because that became a need. That became a need, and, you know. And going back to when we the were 200 people, you and I could do most of the work. Yeah. Well, we tried our best. We tried. Yeah, we uh, and, then, uh, and then we realized there's no way. So we're just thankful. We're able to identify those problems. Right. And to realize it's not because we're failures. It's because there's new we're seasons, human. <laughs> and we're human, and new seasons require new strategies, Correct. right? And so we could have stayed just two of us, and we could have still probably been at the warehouse or Yeah, we would have hotel. never grown to, this, never. to this degree. Yes, and so part of identifying the problem is naming it. Name the problem. What could be some challenges and problems within your area of ministry? 
I'll mention a few, and if you all think of anything else, uh, gossip. Yeah. Uh, lack of communication. Yes. Bad attitudes, mm-hmm. either from the team or yours. Egos, or egos <laughs> or bad attitudes. <laughs> because sometimes it's true. Yeah. Sometimes it's not necessarily the. Sometimes it's us, not them. <laughs> yes. Lack of commitment. Yeah, lack oh, of commitment. Thank you for saying that. Though. Burnout. 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 Yeah. Those are some. Too much commitment. Too much commitment. Yeah, where you start. Affecting people personally. Yeah, so like I'm glad you mentioned that, Abraham, because uh, we try so hard to watch you and observe you. And when we sense that burnout, we try to come and sit with you and ask you where you're at. How can we help you? Our heart is that you remain passionate and ignited. You know, I think it's key that you guys also encourage that we come and speak to you without yes. fear of punishment or right. discipline. <laughs> right. uh, and that's huge. We come from a background where that was like, hey, you just don't, you're not, you're not up to the task. You can't hack it. Right. Can't handle it. And if you can, I'll find somebody that can. Exactly. <laughs> that was the attitude yeah. back then. Anybody else uh, have another one that we're missing? Comparisons. Comparisons? Comparisons, Like if yeah. you compare yourself... In, within the same team, there could be like competition. competition. Yeah, competition. competition. Oh, competition man, Lord have mercy. Yeah. That is true. That's a good one, I too. I think that happens. Aquí no, en otras iglesias. <laughs> <laughs> no, aquí también. <laughs> I think that, fall, that would fall into the ego category. Though. Yeah, it would fall into the ego category. But sometimes it's the opposite, too. Sometimes it's a, it's a spirit of inferiority. And you have the talent and you have the ability, but if you only grew the confidence in, in, what, in the talent that God has given you, so both things can be a problem. Okay, so, so the last point that I want to cover is Solve the problem, don't ignore it. Like, don't sweep it under the rug. Because the problem is not going to fix itself, itself yeah. right? So I'm going to give you guys a new name. Each of you is uh, CPS. Chief Problem Solver. Chief Problem area. Solver. Going back so, to the story, the biblical story, the disciples told Jesus, hey, just send everybody home and let them figure it out. And Jesus was like, no, you all feed them. Yes. Because that's leadership. Leadership is being able to problem solve even for others. You know, the easy task would have been, okay, let everybody figure it out. Just dismiss them. And Jesus mm-hmm. is like, no, it's important that we remain together. Jesus had a message to preach, but we have to feed them. And so just know that that leadership will always entail problem solving, mm-hmm. you know. And problem solving always entails problems. So don't expect to have uh, a position of leadership without conflict. And... I know for some of you it's hard because when we think of problem solving, we think of fighting, we think of arguing, we think of confrontation when we're going to solve problems, but we don't have to attack issues like that. We can be wise in our language, in our demeanor, in our Our tone, tone, you know, so think of it as that. I'm the chief problem solver, so I want to address this problem and I want to do it right. Within this point, There's three very important factors. Address only the people that are involved. My husband has mentioned this all the time. If you're not part of the problem or part of the solution, you shouldn't be involved in the conversation. And I 100% agree in that. This past Sunday, we had... That's up to the leader. That's up to the leader, yes. So this past Sunday, we ran into a situation. And I caught the situation. I wanted to address the situation in that moment. But I came to my office, I brought in the people that were involved, that I felt had something to do with the issue and that had to know. There's a couple of people that I'm always accountable to, of course, my husband, but I have uh, the Maris and Pastor D, 
who are like directly my assistants in everything that that happens during service because during service, you know, I sit in the front row. Sometimes I think people think, Pastor Carla no hace nada, no más está sentada frente. <laughs> but they don't know that, that I do my work before the weekends and during the entire week. And I just feel that our team is capable of covering their areas. Right. So I brought in the people that needed to come into that room, to my office, and we tried our best to tackle the situation. We had a plan in place. By the time my husband had already come down from preaching, one of the people that, that was involved comes in and says, pastors, it's taken care of. And what was his words? And he goes, let's just it. squash it right let's here. Let's just squash it right here. Let's forget about she was, it. She and was still <laughs> explaining to me the issue. Yeah. Like, he walks in and he literally like, says. We already resolved it, you know, like, and let's squash it right here. Like, in other words, it was <laughs> an issue and we <laughs> took care of it. it. Yeah. Let's yeah. not dwell on it. Let's not dwell on it. That was his his attitude. And, I, and we we were very refreshed by his yeah. attitude. When he said that, I'm like, okay. And that most of you don't even know what I'm talking about, yeah. right? That particular situation, if I can highlight something, it also reflects the importance of the team. I can't go into details, but yeah. in large part, the problem was my fault because I made a call on the fly, <laughs> like before I went up to preach, I saw a problem. I thought of a way to in the moment it. that I thought was the best way to solve the problem without considering other factors, other variables. And so in large part, I caused the problem. So when I get down from preaching... That's what awaits me, you know, that like, hey, you made this call and it was the wrong call and these were the repercussions. So it was refreshing his attitude, but it was also refreshing for me that even though it was my call and, and it was the wrong call, um, that I had a team that's taking care of or protecting me from me sometimes, you know, sometimes <laughs> you need, back, yeah, they have your back. <laughs> you need to have people that protect you from yourself sometimes. So anyway, guys, just to highlight the, the importance of having a team and watching each other. And backs. just, just address the people involved. Uh, I think it's very, you know, it's a huge lesson this morning also. And you acknowledging I made the wrong call yeah. as pastors. It's so hard to say yeah. I made the wrong call. Yeah. You know, we're human. We're going to make the wrong calls. The other thing is, um, If you don't know how to tackle the problem, ask for advice from the right people. I know there was another situation that came up, and it had to do with the medical, the first aid ministry. I didn't hear about it until it was solved afterwards. And the whole point why I, why I said that was, even if they would have called me, I wouldn't have been able to help. Because that's not, I'm not gifted in first aid. I wouldn't have known what to do. But pray, of course, pray for that person. But you ask for the right people. And like in your areas, uh, I know each of you has hit like a wall or has hit a challenge and then you'll come and say, hey, I'm going through this challenge. How can I deal with it? Help me. And and thank you for that. You know, the last thing that I want to point out under, under don't ignore it is always have accountability. How many of you have heard us say that word accountability, mm -hmm. my husband and I? Accountability, yeah. accountability all the time. You heard me mention on Sunday that I brought in the people involved, but I always bring in either if I see the Maris and D around or even Pastor Michelle, I'll say, come in the room with me. Yeah. You know, even if I'm counseling somebody, it's usually even if it's another lady, there's somebody out there with me. It's something that we practice. I just always like to check myself. Like if there was something that I can learn from and grow from, if that person that was there that I trust can point something out and say, you could have done this different or said this sure. different. I appreciate that. 
If you're a male and you need to address a female, mm -hmm. how many of you know where I'm going? Because I always yeah. tell you guys the same thing. Right. Or if, vice versa. Or if vice you're a female. female. And, and I'll always say, make sure that there's a, another person in the room, that it's never just you and, and a person of the opposite sex, and then you close the door. Sometimes there's been times where I need to talk to somebody on the spot in my office, like a male, right? And I'll just tell that person, leave the door open, please. Right. And even though everybody's going to hear my conversation, I'd rather that than for speculation right. to be made. I think it's something that protects the integrity of your testimony, uh, which is big in our circles. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's big in all circles, but especially in our circle of, of ministry and church, just protecting yourself and making sure that you don't give any reason for anybody to doubt your integrity in any sphere, in any area of your life. The Bible says that we should be above reproach. It means you don't give people a reason to talk. Now, some people are going to talk and gossip without basis, but that's flat out sin because they would they would be uh, libeling you. They would be lying on you. Mm -hmm. But if people talk and, and, and there's gossip because you gave reason, gave reason for that gossip, then that's on you. You yes. know what I mean? And so it's just about protecting yourself. As a general rule of thumb, if it's a woman, even if she says, Pastor, this is personal and I don't want anybody to know, I tell them, okay. Then you either talk to my wife or you can talk to me with either my wife or another lady present, which is usually Pastor D. Sometimes it'll be the Maris. And that's just a, a safeguard. Um, mm -hmm. When I travel, I try to always, I don't, it doesn't happen all the time, but I try to always have somebody with me. So these mm -hmm. are just safeguards to, uh, to keep ourselves basically in check, in check and, and, and uh, protecting our integrity. Uh, we're, we're going into concluding uh, the teaching this morning, but if Jesus himself was faced with challenges and the disciples are full of challenges, it should make us feel a little bit like at ease and say, yeah. it's okay, you know. This was the lesson for the disciples, and I think this is the lesson for all of us. Don't ignore the problem, in this case, by telling the, peop the hungry crowd, leave. Right. Feed them. In other words, do what's in your hands to do. And the rest is up to God. Yes. Once you do what you can do, the rest is in, God, is in God's hands. Yeah, because all things considered, they still didn't have in their own strength or in their own That's resources right. the means That's right. to feed all these thousands of people. Mm -hmm. So going back to you can prepare, you can do all these things, but then we always leave God in the mix. If we fall short, let it not be a lack of preparation. Let it not be a lack of foresight. Mm -hmm. Let it be that it's a lack of resources, perhaps, but God will honor our effort and God will honor our diligence and he will more than compensate where we fall short. Exactly. So our, our problems face us with our deficiencies, but Correct. then they show us how the Lord is sufficient. Abraham. Abraham. I always like to share when I come back from a trip, something that I That's learned. That's true. <laughs> um, That's true. Uh, one of the things that really impressed me, um, we, as most of you know, we had a concert here. We we hosted a Friday. concert for 418 Records, some Friday. of the people that are some of our friends and things. And uh, I was not able to be here because I had a prior commitment. But the next day, uh, I get to be with them again in a concert in San Antonio. Uh, as I met I, up with the tour. I so met so. up with the tour, exactly. So we're talking about literally, you know, less than two days later, I'm with them again. And as I'm going to everybody, it's usually, it's usually, hey, Abraham, we missed you. How are you doing? Yeah. Every single person was like, hey, Abraham, bro, your church. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Bro. Praise God. Yeah. Your team. Yeah. 
bro, your pastors, bro. To see the consistency with which these people were surprised at the way that we work was very impressionable to me. Wow. They said, it's your people, your people. They were so, from everybody, from yeah. the technical side to your ushers, to your parking team, to your pastors. Yeah. To me, it was very encouraging. I wrote down a little... Wow. Uh, and some encouraging words. And, and I just want to share it because it, it, after having looked at it and having, there was a little something there I said to our team, I put, wow, our team left an impression so strong on 418 Records that it's all they could talk about when I first saw them today. Thank you so much for transmitting the heart of Christ and everything that you do as we serve our guests. It really does matter. They were amazed with the humility and the brilliance with which you worked. I told them that it was a servant culture infused with excellence and sprinkled with love that our pastors transmit to each and every one of us. Wow. You guys made us proud. Wow. There's a little depth that I found out later. Is like when I said, uh, I told them that it was a servant culture. The servant culture yeah. is is why. That's, That's the, the why. why. Right. That's because we're Christ's followers. Right. That's right. Called to you know? serve. And then with excellence, that's the what. In other words, that's the work that we do, the yeah. what that we do. What do we do? Well, we work for yeah. Christ. We, we work to serve others. That's the what. That we do that with excellence. Yeah. And then sprinkled with love, that's the how. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What's our attitude when we work? Right. Mm -hmm. So I just want to commend everybody, uh, wow. not just the AV team, everybody. They want to do it again. Like, yeah. I can't wait. Everybody was like, we can't wait to go back to, to McAllen back. And, wow. and do something. So we're, we're, we're there to serve. Yes. That's awesome. Praise Thank God. you. One Thank of the things so that, yeah. Um, Juan Carlos Alvarado, who was, who was the headliner afterwards, he, he said, uh, among other things, he said a lot of complimentary things, but he said, pastor, I just want you to know that this, this church is not typical. Yeah. Uh, and this is somebody that's traveled, you know, all yes. of the states and Latin America. And he goes, and it's, I think, a breeding ground for revival. God wants to be here, mm -hmm. you know. And so it was just Praise like, God. that was powerful. Uh, and that's what we're just trying to create, guys. We can't produce revival, but we can prepare the territory yeah. so Amen. that the Spirit of God would want to dwell Amen. and stuff. Yeah. So, Pastor Ozzy? Talking about leaders, I think the other thing that I just wanted to add was, you know, that blind spot that some of us as leaders have. And it's important to listen to the people under you, you know, That's true. Um, you know, because I think some of the greatest ideas that have come into in my area in youth yeah. ministry have come from people, yes. you know, yes. of, of, that are around me that uh, have brought some ideas or even some concerns. You mm -hmm. know, the fact that we've been able to address them has uh I think propelled the youth ministry. So, you know, the answers are already there. And it's usually one of your team members right, yeah. that has the answers. Wow. Thank you that, for reinforcing yeah. that yeah. because that's something that we really, we really practice. We, when, whenever somebody in a team is taking a break or a leader steps down for whatever reason, we'll usually ask that leader, that's okay, true. who do you recommend? We uh, I think early on, early on yes. we thought we had an eye for everything. And we'd be like, <laughs> oh, this is, okay, this person's stepping down. This is the natural successor. The perfect, person, the perfect person, you know, from the outside looking in. The element we were missing is that we weren't in the trenches with these people. We weren't in the every week operations of their area. Yeah. And when we started realizing, man, we're not making the best decisions, you know, <laughs> we started relying on the leader that was there. Okay, in your estimation, who is the best person? And there are factors that as pastors we have to uh, consider. It's not 100% of the time that we go with the recommendation. But more often than not, we go with the recommendation and it turns out to be 
the right choice. Why? Because the, you know, the solution to the problem was in the person that was in the trenches, you know, uh, and, and knows who is the person with the capacity or the potential to fulfill that role. So we're going to let Michelle. Michelle. Um, I just wanted to share um, something that goes with what you're just talking about and something that Abraham mentioned. When there, when you have a positive attitude as a leader, it's that much easier for you to just calm down and say, I think this is a good solution. You're calm and you can say, hey, get with your team and say, this is an issue. How can we solve this? If we're humble mm -hmm. and you have the attitude as like, okay, we, we're faced with the challenge. How can we solve it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Instead of... We're faced with a challenge. Oh, my God, what are we going to do? I don't mm -hmm. know what we're going to do. And, and some people get angry and some people get frustrated. Nervous. And, and Yeah, or, or nervous. But when you have a servant attitude, when yeah. you have a humble attitude, and you're passionate about what it is that you're doing, that just helps you overcome the issues or the challenges that much more easier. To Absolutely. See, especially in the scripture that we saw. His attitude could have been like, it's impossible. Because <laughs> yeah. it was impossible. Right. But he's like, feed him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You have the solution in your hands. Our attitude needs to be that of Christ. Like, hey, we can do it. Yes. We can do this. Absolutely. We can do it together. together. He could have done it on his own. That's, he that's just true. Gone, Jesus, <laughs> Jesus just could have gone, poop. Poop, and it appeared in the <laughs> other lap. Would the, appear. the, the food. But he used a team yeah. to yeah. solve the problem. In the Old Testament. He yeah, could have fell he from did, heaven, yeah. like, like in the Old Testament. He, he could have done that, but he used a team. He was modeling so, yeah. the, the He was modeling, and as a leader... We should always be those cheerleaders for the people that are under us. You can yeah. do this. I think that's a good note to close on because yes. I know Juan Carlos Alvarado emphasized that a lot on Friday. Yeah. He says, uh, we have great preachers in the kingdom. We have great resources in the kingdom, great books, great counselors, great media. And he says what we need more of is models, people that model leadership, yes. people that mm -hmm. model convictions, people that model worship, people that model integrity. Uh, we have a lot of teaching out there, but we need people that model it. And you guys get to model that with the people that you lead. And, and that's already half the battle won. Thank you, God, once again for this time together. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the people that Thank got you, to listen Jesus. in as well through the podcast. And Father, we just pray that uh, something that was spoken yes. about today uh, yes, might Jesus. serve like a seed in our hearts, yes, that your spirit waters and that it grows and that we better be better for it, that we become better leaders better Christians, better models. Uh, we pray that as we submit to you, you would give us uh, favor and uh, the privilege of, of continuing to serve you in the best way possible with excellence as you deserve and as your people deserve. And so we thank you once again for this time together in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Praise God. All right, guys. Good job. We hope you enjoyed being in the room with the leadership team at Vital Church. We pray that whatever takeaways you got from our time together will enrich your life, your leadership, and your spiritual walk. Remember to visit our website, vitalchurch.com, for all things Vital Church, and to follow this podcast so that you can join us for the next episode of In the Room.